This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, guys and gals? Asher Tolliver back with another episode of the Dive Bomb Squadcast. Today, I am joined by one of the baddest, if not the baddest man to ever pick up a goose call, Mr. Hunter Grounds. Hunter, how you doing, bud? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. Now, I know you were recently in Tennessee ripping lips on old Big Mouth Billy Bass. Are you back home in Johnson City now? Back home. Back home, buddy. And uh, where'd you say that tournament was? Chickamauga? Is that what you said? Yeah, Lake Chickamauga. It was a uh, um, a classic that uh, there's a few little – they got different uh, regions that they fish and then, uh, you know, certain, you get a certain amount of points and uh, I think it's seven events and, you know, you qualify for that, but it uh, didn't work out as good as possible, you know, as we wanted, but that's the way it goes. That's fishing. So. Oh, well, you know, you learn from the experience, apply that knowledge next time. All you can do, right? Yep. I had a, had a good time at it anyway. How many anglers were in that tournament? Uh, 200, I think there's 250 teams. Oh man. So it wasn't no joke. Where did you, where would you have had to been to get in the money? Uh, we uh, a three pounder. Yeah, so pretty. That was close. It. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it uh, and we had it on. I mean, it just uh, didn't work out, man. Mm-hmm. You know, had a lot of uh, it was frog fishing, and you know, anybody that fishes knows how frog fishing uh, can lead. It can be a lot of uh, just heartbreaks. You know, that's right. But uh, they just don't get it, and you see them, but uh, you don't quite hook up. So no doubt. All right, Hunter. Well, let's get into it, man. You're. Uh, your father, Mr. Tim Grounds, is, is a waterfowl legend. The man who. He pioneered the short read craze. What was it like being the only son of the goose man? Well, I mean, uh, I, I feel real fortunate um, to, have, to have him as a dad um, and, and be able to experience, uh, you know, of having him as a dad for 32 years. Um, but uh, it was it's just uh, he, he's one that uh, he was always on the go. Um, and uh he, he called it like he's seen it and uh whether you liked it or not um it was it was just um he was he was he definitely disciplined you and i mean it wasn't i'm not talking discipline you just uh it was it was a different way of the he may eat you out you know eat your rear end out but uh then again when you did something right um he told you you know you did something right but it was uh he'd do it and he'd, he'd be over with and he'd just you know it'd be maybe 30 minutes later, he'd come out, hey, I love you, you know, hey, just, right. you don't need to be doing that kind of thing, you know, but um, it was, uh, I don't know, he, he didn't put himself on a pedestal, um, you know, it, he put, he always tell people, you know, he puts one leg in his pants at the time, and when he gets up out of bed, and he always, uh, he always treated everybody with uh, uh, the same the way that he wanted to be treated, you know, he uh, didn't treat one person this way or that way, and, and treat the other one better or worse, but um, and I, I just, um I know it was a it was a good thirty two years. I'll just tell you that, and I, oh, I miss him man. dearly. No man, I mean it's evident that you and your father had a special relationship. I mean, uh, you know, obviously an unbreakable bond. It, it's been amazing to see his legacy carried on in the waterfowl community. So uh, I can't imagine how proud uh, you are of that. Now, Hunter, I'm sure you started blowing a goose call from the time you were born. But how old were you when you were legitimately calling waterfowl in the blind with the grown men? Oh, probably about the time I really got into um, the contest calling, which was, you know, seven or eight years old. Okay. Uh, I killed my first goose when I was seven. Um, 
And I remember like it was yesterday. I mean, it just kind of, um, you know, went on from there. And um, I went, you know, the first couple of years of, um, of contest calling, I was, you know, just getting into it, didn't have much of routine. Just, you know, that's just part of starting out. Um, but I had a lot of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a lot of, uh, you know, good help. There's always uh, guys, you know, around the house uh, uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, learning from dad and then all them and just picking up little things along the way. Um, and then, you know, just putting it all together, you know, eventually. And then, you know, I went to, I went two years um, and in the juniors and didn't get beat. Well, then uh, Derek Dameron from Little Center, Kentucky, uh, we was at uh, Big Sandy, Tennessee, at the outdoor show that they had there. It was a, uh, it was a big a duck blind drawing. And uh, we uh, we was calling and ended up, we had like, I think it may have been a tiebreaker. But anyway, he ended up winning. Well, I didn't like that very much, <laughs> you know, and it, it really, uh, it really set the, set the pace for me. And, and I went back to practicing cause I just, you know, I got to that point to where I didn't have to practice much. Right. And, uh, that right there showed me, you know, there's always somebody out there that, that can beat you mm-hmm. or none. I don't care what it is, what kind of sport it is, baseball, football, uh, whatever it is, there's always somebody out there that, that can beat you. And, um, and that showed me right there, you know, that it can be done and, uh, it uh, and then I went a long time. I went uh, several years without making it into the, into the top five in the seniors, and uh, I was getting discouraged about that. And then one day in Memphis, Tennessee, it was like a light switch, and I was top five. And then that's when it that's when things started kind of clicking and rolling. And uh, you know, here we are. But uh, I think it was a couple. I think it was a two years after that, a year or two. Yeah, yeah, it was a year or two after that's whenever I won the won the senior world in uh, 03. What call was it you were blowing right out of the gate when you were, when you were really young? Uh, like when you first I believe started it was a, I believe call. it was a short mag, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And you started competition calling early, obviously, as you just said, and your, your resume is, it's impressive to say the Leafs. There's not enough time in the day to list all of your calling accomplishments, but I want to quickly fill our listeners in in case they, don't already know your background. Uh, Hunter Grounds is the youngest caller to ever win the Senior World Goose Calling Championship. He won his first world title at 16 years old, his second at 18 years old, and his third at 20 in 2007. So think about that for a minute. Hunter had to retire from this competition 13 years ago after winning the third time. Keep in mind, this isn't a 50 or 60-year-old guy. I mean, you're your accomplishments at such a young age make you like an OG in the sport, yet you're, what, what, 33 years old? 33, yep. And I also want to mention Hunter and Tim, they're the only father and son duo to have accomplished the feat of both being three-time world champions as Tim won in 88, 92, and 94. Now, Hunter, let's go back in time to November 2003. What was it like as a 16-year-old blowing in the senior world goose i mean you you won the 2003 junior world goose turned right around to blow in the senior world goose and not just to compete but to win the whole thing take me back through that and what that was like blowing against grown men when you could barely drive a car well i can tell you this i i went out there to to do one thing and that was on my mind was to win the the junior world and whatever happened after that I was, you know, that was, that was a bonus to me. I didn't have, 
any any thought in my mind going out there that that I was gonna if I was fixing to be the you know the youngest ever to win the senior world that was not in my mind at all. I wanted to go out there win the junior world, be in my last year, uh, and whatever it was like that was a bonus, you know. And then I win the we went through the two rounds uh, in the preliminaries. The preliminaries are always um, a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two rounds, and then that's what the the every contest the Mason Dixon, the two junior, the junior duck, junior goose, the Mason Dixon, and the the senior world, uh, and we went through the two rounds of the junior Mason Dixon, two rounds of the junior goose, and they had the Mason Dixon. Well, I went and blown, and uh, went to the senior world. We got called back there, and I made the first round. I thought, okay, you know, I didn't think much about it then, but then I blew the second round, and they come back, and I. They called the. I think I may. Have, I don't know. I think I was may have been like the last name that they called. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Well, I was just sitting there and I was talking to somebody. I can't remember who it was, but and they called my name and I just kind of turned around. And I just thought, oh my, <laughs> things are getting things are getting a little bit a uh, little bit more intense here. And I had there were several people that were, you know they said man they said you know they just told me you know how good I was like man I want you know I wasn't thinking much about it. I was thinking fifth place. You know, sure. And because uh, I got, I whenever I was twelve, Kelly Powers won the world in '99, and that I was twelve years old. Wind, I got fifth that year, and I went thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Never made the last, the final round in the in the senior world. Well, then sixteen come around. Well, I'm in the final five again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, uh, I just kind of took it with a grain of salt and just tried to stay focused. And uh, the next night come around, and and I. The Mason Dixon, I won. I won the Mason Dixon, the junior Mason Dixon. I turned around and I went back there to the back uh, for the, the final five of the junior world goose. I won it, and I just I was on cloud nine at that time. Sure. And I just there was no there was really no pressure. Uh, I just thought you know hey this is this is a bonus here you know fifth place that's great you know I'm 16 I didn't really think much about it. I went there I went back there in the uh, after they had the Mason Dixon, um, and then they called us back here for the uh, the world, I don't know. I can't remember what number I drew um, to save my life right now. But uh, after it was all said and done, Kevin Popo, he won. Uh, Kelly won in 99. Sean Stahl won in 2000. Kevin Popo, uh, he won in 01 and 02. Well, he was he was the main pick because he had a he had what. The first one, the first, he was the first guy that I ever heard do a train call, a train note on a goose call, mm-hmm. a short read count goose call. And it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, we, everybody was just, just in awe about that, about that sound at the time, you know, on a, on a can of goose call. Sure. Yeah. You had the tube call that did it, but he had right there at the end, he did it about two or three times right there at the end. And you want to talk about just put the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It was just, it was realistic as it got. Well, um, I figured out how to do that after the old one and oh two. And I figured, figured out how to get that you know particular note. And, uh, he was, he was the one to win. I mean, that was, he was the one that was, he, they all seen on Everybody thought that Kevin was going to win. And, and I did too. I mean, no doubt about it. And, uh, it, uh, it come off the last, uh, you know, fifth place, the fourth place, the third place. And I blew a I blew a good routine. I felt like, and, uh, it come back to second place was, uh, from uh, I think Claymont's where he's from, Claymont, Delaware. And as soon as I heard Clay, I just I don't know. I mean, I was <laughs> you know. And uh, Kevin's a good guy. He's a great caller, and uh, I just uh, I couldn't believe it. And 
it was a it was a, <laughs> it was probably the special most special night um of all that i've you know the the ones i've won because sure. you know the, the three wins and it's uh, <laughs> I just thought it didn't. I, it took me a while for it to to sink in. That's so, incredible, but, uh, man. And what what call was it you were blowing at that time uh, when you won your first one? Pro Super Mag with Triple Crown guts. Okay, and is that the same call that you won your next two with? Um, yeah, it is yeah. The same one, yeah, same exact call. Several, yeah, I went several. I think I <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I went uh, that call there I, uh, and those guts. I went. I think I finally. Uh, I, it was several years after, but they the guts got so broke in <clears throat> to where I was having to the last the last contest I blew in uh, was out here at Johnny Logan at the National Hunting and Fishing Days, and uh, we actually finger took fingernail clippers and had to cut <clears throat> a reed wider just to fit that tone channel, wow. and it and it was just it, I had it right the night before, and I went out there each round and i don't know i shouldn't have won this contest i mean there was no way i just in my opinion i i, I wasn't the best that day and i may have blew good but i i felt like i i could have did a lot better and i just had a couple bobbles they wouldn't just uh i knew that they was bobbles but it it changed every round and it got it was basically the call was running me <laughs> instead of me running the call it was it had control of me so after that contest there, I said, man, I just, I, it, it just, I can't do it. That My confidence it, huh? level, and it was just too much. And it's just, they, you can get a set of guts that's actually, they get two more. And um, I think that was around 07 or 08, maybe 09. It wasn't 07, mm-hmm. but 08 or 09 is when I think I, I finally, I, I put them down and I just went to, uh, went to, I just got a set of guts out of the, they come in a hundred count out there, you know, at the shop. And all I right. got a set out of a bag and they're not nothing special that I'm blowing now. Nothing special at all. That's the same guts that go in uh, any of the calls that come with the triple crown guts um, that we offer today. So, um, and I mean, it's, um, I hated to do that, but it was time, you know, and it's, right. uh, everything's got its time and uh, no matter what it is. And it's, uh, it was a, it was a special run. That's for sure. I mean, that was, yeah. a, I'll never have another, uh, another, another time like that. Cause I'm, I'm out of my prime now. So <laughs> now but, uh, your second world title and, uh, 2005 let's um let's go back through that one if you don't mind um tell me about that one and the 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 uh special memories or the things that that stick out from that second one well it was um uh there was there was a couple a couple of us that was always bouncing back and forth first and second first and second you know we top three uh which was um one of them was sean hammock and uh the other one was uh uh, well, I believe it was Scott Trinan and, uh, we all, we, we was bouncing back and forth, you know, throughout the year of content, you know, contest to contest. Uh-huh. And, uh, sometimes they'd get me, sometimes I'd get them. And, uh, uh, but it was, a, it was a good time doing it. And, uh, it was, that was, that was, uh, that one there. I don't remember a whole, whole lot about it. I do know that, uh, it was, a. I don't know. It's, uh, that 05 was kind of a, a blur with me where I was at there. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know what, I don't, can't remember who was in the top five. I think it was maybe, I think it was Sean and trying and, and uh, I don't know the other two, but it was, it was the ones that we'd been bound, you know, you know, trading blows uh, throughout the whole year. And uh, I'm sure they sounded unbelievable. Um, but it, uh, that one there was uh, was pretty special, but nothing like the old three one. Right nothing and then of course 
obviously, you know, we've talked about the first two, so we've got to talk about the third one um, in 2007, two years later. Um, can you give me a little recap of that one? Uh, well, it's, it's, I was, see, I went, I went, you know, year on, year off, year on, year right. off. Uh, Do you know who won uh, in the gaps in between those? Wade Walling won in 04. Mitch Hughes won in 06. And gotcha. Mitch ended up winning two more times after that, so he's retired. Mitch Hughes, he's from right there in Easton. And gotcha. I think he blows, he blows John Taylor's call. Okay. And, uh, but, and then Wade, he blows a, he was blowing a GK. Um, but, okay. uh, both great callers, man. Good dudes. Um, and, uh, but yeah, they, yeah, Mitch got, Mitch won. I think I got third in 06, I think, when it was. I think I got third and uh, I don't know who got second. I can't, maybe, I can't believe, I can't remember. I cannot believe I can't remember that either. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then 07 come around and I, I was, uh, I worked hard. I worked hard at that one, um, in 07. I wanted to get it done and, uh, and it, it, um, I was, you know, fortunate enough to get it done and I just, I was, I just couldn't believe that I've already, you know, you know that's what everybody's goal is to win it three times and sure. you're out. Well, the three, I just, I, the three and I haven't ha- ever, you know, the last 13 years that having to not be able to call in it is, um, I'm not much on that anymore. Right. You know, it's, uh, you know, cause that's, uh, when you're in your prime, you're in your prime. And, uh, right. you know, I've, like I've always said, I've said it a bunch, you know, they don't make Tiger Woods. Uh, they ain't made him retire after three, you know, um, winning three majors uh, i just feel like you know you get one chance one opportunity um that uh, to you know to do to do what you can do and uh you know you ought to be able to if you can win 10 of them you ought to be able to win 10 of them right um no doubt about it i mean it's uh that's just the way that i feel about it now that i've had to sit out for 13 years and have to sit there and watch right. uh, in the crowd but um you know, I was so thankful. I was, I was just so thankful. Felt so fortunate to, at that time. You know, I got three. I've got three. You know, and then Dad, right. he had he had three, and we was on. You know, father and son to do this. Sure. It was a it was a pretty special feat at the time, and then I mean, it still is. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I I really wish that the you know the I could have I you know pursued it uh, after '07. You know, right. and uh, seen if I could win me a couple more. Yeah, I mean, like but, you said, I mean, Michael Jordan. I mean, yeah. What if that had made him stop after his? third championship you know we would never had the legacy that he does so yeah that's kind of unusual i mean it kind of goes back to that it's kind of weird that they have that rule but it almost feels like that i don't want to say participation trophy generation type of rule but it's almost like you're so good let's give somebody else a shot which i just i'm a competitor i'm an athlete by nature and if somebody's outdoing you you just got to find a way to get better or just carry on but i mean it is what it is you know there's some people that are just going to be better at you at stuff and you know you may give it all you got and you may never get there but at least you know you gave it an honest effort to get there so i agree i don't i don't agree with that at all but um you know you now that we're through that let's talk about the champion champions you know it takes place what every five years and it's basically the only thing left to accomplish from a calling standpoint and i know you got close in 15 and it was canceled this year obviously due to the coronavirus um do you feel like uh you were as prepared as you needed to be to finish the final chapter and just kind of cement your legacy as arguably the greatest caller of all time well, I mean, uh, I was I was getting ready. I was uh, we would be actually leaving um, 
uh, this this week is when uh, the world uh, Eastern would have been, and uh, I, I I wish we was having it because I was uh, I was ready to tackle it and and see if uh, what the outcome was going to be. Um, there was going to be a couple couple good callers in it um, that um, was going to give me a run for the, my money, and uh, but I was ready to to see what I could do, and uh, I just you know I, I don't I'm not going to sit here and say that I could have won. I'm not going to sit here and say that I I couldn't have won. Uh, because you've got five opinions back there. So, um, but I, I was, uh, I was going to definitely be prepared, uh, for this year's, uh, champion of champions because I was going to give it all I had. And, uh, which I, I normally, I, I like to, when I get up there for those four and a half minutes, I give it all I got anyway. Right. Every, every time I do, and anytime you, you don't, and if a good judge is back there judging, he knows what he's listening for. And he's, and he's contest called and he's been in that situation before. You know if somebody's up there going through the motions, or if they're up there calling to win, putting some feeling into it, right. you know. And um, it's just uh, either you either sound like real ones, and you you're you're snapping each note, or you're just up there like you're in the garage at uh, like this time of night, just practicing. Right, right. There's two different, totally different. I mean, ways of calling, and it's. Uh, I mean, I can. I mean, you can. <clears throat> excuse me. You you're gonna get judged on it if I'm back there. If I can tell you if you're calling to win and putting feeling into it. Well, if you're not, I'm not going to, you're not going to get, uh, what you could be, you know, cause that's just, you're not, you're not giving it your ability, what you can do to what you're just, you're doing here, you know? So, um, it would have been definitely out of give 110% uh, for those four and a half minutes. And, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't tell what was going to happen. So, right. um, but we'll find out next year. Hopefully they still, hopefully they'll have it next year and, you know, it'll be the, you know, 2021 and then 2026. So, uh, but, uh, hopefully 2021, I, I might be able to, had to get it done. Who Have knows? you uh, who who won it in 2015? Robbie Iverson. Robbie, and he's he's a grounds guy as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good to see him win. Was it? How close were you? One point. One point. Um, yeah. What what uh, what do you think got you? Looking back on it, what what kept you from taking it home? Back. In well, I'll 15? tell you what. Robbie Robbie blows pretty much note for note. <clears throat> he's like. Um, of the flute days, he's like the Alan McCree. Um, you know, it's it's no no ups and downs or you know here or there. He don't try something new and you know the next round that he goes up there and calls, it's pretty much he's. Now I'm telling you, if it ain't note for note, it's it's damn near note for note. And I mean, he's <clears throat> I've only heard him mess up a couple times. It, all the years that I've ever heard him call, uh, duck and goose, but goose I'm talking. He's messed up uh, blatantly just just killed himself, you know, um, only a couple times. And, uh, one was just here recently. And I, I just, I couldn't believe he did that. Cause I mean, it's Robbie is just, he's about as flawless of a caller that I've heard as far as a routine goes, um, on screwing up or bobbles or anything. I mean, it's no, I mean, his notes are pretty much perfect every time. Um, it's just, uh, he's, he just, he's one of them callers that, um, that's going to be there no matter what he's going to be a threat every single time. And, uh, he's, uh, he blew, he just blew, he just blew better than I did. And I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, I, I blew really good the third round and I, I think I gained a couple points, maybe a point or two. And uh, cause he was winning by, I think three or something, something like that. He was winning for a pretty good margin. Mm-hmm. And I come back and, and blew, I blew the lights out of it, uh, uh, the third round and come back, which I mean, he was, he was solid all three rounds. I mean, that's yeah. just what it boiled down to. He didn't mess up. He didn't have no bubbles. And I mean, it was just, it was just a solid routine all three rounds yeah and that's what and i mean a lot of times that's what's going to win you know you can't have one just half-ass one 
and then with two good ones. Because a lot of times, you nowadays, with these callers, as good as they are, if there's 20 callers or 16 of them that's gonna, that can win any day of the week. Right. So if you have one hiccup, you're going to be behind, and you're not going to catch up. Right. Definitely. So if the if the you know if the, if the judging is consistent, what year or what time do you think you were just absolutely at your very best? And I mean, just freaking dialed. I mean, you just felt invincible. Is there a time during your career that you ever felt like that? Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say around '07. That was when I was, I was. Oh six, oh seven, and you know that time right there was was uh, that's whenever I was, you know, I feel like I was the best that I was, you know, that I have been. Um, um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, probably that you're probably probably about that time. I'm gonna say, yeah. yeah. What if, if, I, if I was putting putting into it, if I would put into it like I was, you know, then as I, as I wouldn't, you know, if I did it now like I did then. You know, but the I, I don't I don't know what it'd be like, but it's the the contests aren't around anymore as much, you right. know, and it's just I've just kind of lost. I've just done it so much, and you know, I've got I've got more things to to worry about nowadays than than I did back then, as far as you know, responsibilities and and stuff. And I just don't have near the drive like I did, but I do. I still enjoy it, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like I'd like to see if I was practicing now. What what a, you know if I was still on that sure. that you know up there at that level, um, but uh, you know it's just um, it just takes practice. I mean it's just like training a dog, you know, right. um, keeping your transitions down, your wind built up, and um, you know keeping that that routine going. So, as far as coming into a contest, you know, I know being being a competitor and an athlete, you know, everybody kind of has that nervous energy. Um, that that anticipation that excitement anything something means a lot to you you're gonna have maybe a little bit of nerves um but you know obviously the best they know how to control it and use it to their advantage what is is there a competition uh in your career that comes up as one leading into it you were just really you know you maybe had a really high level of of excitement or anticipation for it or it just it just meant a little bit more. I'll tell you what the the right here in hunting and fishing days, right here at home, that's the one that that stage there. Um, for some reason, my anxiety and and the nerves and stuff. I don't know. I guess it's just being at home, but um, that stage there, calling in, in, a, in, in a contest on that stage, and it's more more on the the goose than the duck I've called and, um, you know, meat ducks and stuff on that, right. on that stage as well. But for some reason, when I get a goose call in my hand and walk out there on that stage, I don't know what it is about it, but it, uh, there's been, there's, there was one year I remember, I remember that, uh, I got, I got so jittery and so shook up at the, whenever I got down before I started my comeback right in the middle of my routine, I thought my knees, I could feel my knees just trembling <laughs> and I thought I was going to, they were going to buckle. And I thought you got to, you know, just try to get it together. And I yeah. was, thank goodness I wasn't in, you know, my, you know, my fast transitions and stuff like that. I was just right. down to a, a, just a cluck and I, I could just feel them on my, I mean, my knees was hitting each side of my pant leg and I, <laughs> I said, Oh, you know, but that, that's for some reason, I don't know what it is, but that, that stage there is a, is very, very intimidating. Yeah. 
and it's um, it's in a college. It's got a big auditorium, which will you know, hold a couple hundred people. But uh, that that for some reason that was a that stage there will get you every time. Yeah, it gets me anyway. When you think back on your career, is there a certain real uh, routine that you've blown that just sticks out to you as just like golly, if I could just do that every time? Well, I mean, I mean, oh seven. I I don't know how many people have told me that the oh seven world, the last round they've got, it's on YouTube. Um, you know, they said that's that's by far. I don't see that it's. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't really stick out to me that that particular one. But I mean, it was flawless. I mean, there was not a a hiccup uh, anywhere in it. It was just a. You know, it it was I. I didn't go with those, with those guts though that was in that call in 07. I it was I couldn't go um, real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just had a good, rich, full tone to it uh, to those guts, and I I mean it was it was by far I mean as flawless as you can get. But do I think that was the best? Now, I don't know how many people has told me that they said, man, that's the by far the best I've ever heard you blah blah blah. And I I just when I go back and I watch it. And I've watched it a bunch of times, you know, and I'm trying to figure out what was so good about it. But I just, right. I don't know what was so special about that. Cause I mean, there's so many more notes nowadays that we're, that we're doing on a Canada short reduced call. Right. Um, it's, it's all the same. It's all basically the same notes, but you're just putting a different, different air presentation um, to get the, you know, the, the little higher of the, of the note or the, um, you know, whatever it may be. But 07 was a good one. And I, I that's the, that, that, that I've got on video that, that, it, you know, I can watch, go back and watch. That was probably, uh, probably that or the IWA. And, um, I think it was Oh, uh, Oh six. I think maybe, I believe it was the IWA, uh, North American masters. That was a, that was a pretty good one that I can, I recall that, mm-hmm. uh, but that was the same, same little run, you know, Oh six, Oh seven. Like I told you earlier, that was about my prime. And I mean, that was, uh, that was about, I mean, I used to blow note for note, like I was saying about Robbie, right. Uh, it used to be, you know, pretty set, and I still try to do it nowadays. Um, pretty set, but it's not, it's not near as, as exact um, note for note as what it you'd be. It may be a couple notes off uh, nowadays, but, um, but it was oh uh, seven. That oh seven world was probably, I'm gonna have to say, probably the best one, um, flawless. Um, you know, as we can get. You speak to going fast you said you couldn't go that fast and there's one thing when i start asking people about what makes hunter grounds different on a call it seems like the common thing that you hear is speed you know it kind of goes back to what you were saying you're running the call don't let the call run you mm-hmm. uh, it seems that that seems like a common theme um when i've asked some guys that are you know elite level callers because i'm i'm certainly not uh, but when I've, I've I've got friends that are and and that seems to be a common thing when I ask them, hey, because I I I don't I don't have the background I don't have the calling background Canada Goose calling knowledge to know um, you know what might separate you from from other elites and that seems to be the 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 constant is your speed um, your ability um, to run a call you know flawlessly faster than other guys would you say that's a pretty accurate statement well i i think they i think i don't know i don't know if this is true or not but i feel when they say fast they may be 
you know, what, the way that I do my transitions, my two geese, okay, back and forth coming down. There's a gotcha. There's that that would probably be where I would think that they're talking about. I could be wrong. Um, I mean the the big the big wall of sound, the big speed deal before your transitions of your two geese coming down. Yeah, that that is pretty quick. But there's a lot of guys that can go out there, uh, just like myself. That can. It's got, I think, um, just as much speed as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now. Is that what they're talking about? I don't know. I think yeah. what I would more or less go at is the two geese coming down before the comeback and the and the end. Gotcha. Um, that would be where I would think the speed what they're talking about, um, you know, back and forth deal. So, sure. what uh, what are your thoughts on the current state of competition calling? I mean, obviously, it's kind of been something that's been on the decline, and uh, you know, coronavirus. It's not it's not doing us any favors trying to uh, get new callers motivated and get guys out there, uh, get them encouraged to get on stage. Uh, where do you, where do you see this thing going? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't see it being good um, yeah. in a good way. It's, um, and it's sad to say, I don't know. It is kind of sad, you know, hearing you talk it about is. all these competitions and all these guys and you hear their names and, you know, I, they start ringing bells of guys I'm seeing on social media and, um, you know, call manufacturers and guys that were great callers that you, you know, you guys used to travel around and just hit up all these spots and you were friends, but you were also intense competitors. And then, you know, now you just see, um, you know, it's just, there's still some incredible callers. I mean, you got, you know, guys, you know, like you said, like Robbie and, and, you know, Kyle Jones and, you know, just great guys and great callers, but you just don't see the, uh, enthusiasm and the support for it from the outside the way you did um like during your heyday no no and it, it's a uh, you know like for instance the sportsman's warehouse uh, one year they had i was gone seven weeks in a row they had a a uh, like a almost like a it was almost like a series and it was a different different uh sportsman's warehouses uh every week and i'd be home for three days, gone for four, gone for home for three days, gone for four, for seven weeks straight. And it was a $1,500 contest every weekend. Wow. And then at the end, there was a grand finale and they was doing a point system. Each contest, you know, and you added up the points. Well, you had a $1,500 contest every for seven weeks in a row. And then you had a, at the end of the point deal, they added up all the points of how many it was for the seven weeks. You got a, uh, an Ironman deal, which was 2,500. And then the grand finale was 10,000. Wow. And so, and I mean, I, I, uh, I was lucky enough to, to do, do pretty dang good in, the, in those, uh, in that thing. And it's, um, they don't have those no more. Those, those were a couple, I think they had those maybe two years, maybe, I think. And, uh, you know, that just for instance, that was just, you know, a summer. And there was just all kinds of, if you wanted to travel and there for a while, if you wanted to travel, you could blow in one almost every weekend. I mean, then the money on the line was enough motivation, you know, if you're a top oh. caller to make you want to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, uh, I made a nice chunk, uh, those couple of years. Now I believe um, it. Blown a goose call and it was just, but now you, it just costs so much to get, just to get to the, the contest. What, by the time you eat and you're traveling and, uh, your hotel and all of that. And it's just the prizes aren't there. It's hard to get, um, you know, the qualified judges to, to come there because you've got to pay their, their way, right. um, getting them there. And 
it's just the dollar's hard hard to come by is what it you know it's harder to come by than what it used to be and it's uh, everything's going up um you know and it's just nobody nobody wants to to i don't say i'm not saying maybe i shouldn't say want it's just it's tough for to for companies and, and folks to to provide the prizes and you know the the money to the to, for the callers you know to you know first second third whatever it may be whatever places they're going to pay right. but, and and then you know you've got the the kids the juniors i don't know whether it be um the parents not you know not getting them not being able to get them to the contest or right. um if it's just these damned old video games you know yeah. and it's already you know these phones it's um they can't keep their faces out of and it's just um I know when I I know when I was a junior, uh, I'd be outside, um, That's right. you know, in the alley shooting birds with a BB gun and and playing, and uh, I didn't want to come inside at dark, you know. I I just I'd be I'd be pissed off because I had to go That's inside right. at dark, you know. And and now you can't hardly like get these that. kids outside. No, no, and I don't know if it's that or or like I just said about you know the parents being able to get them there, um, whether it may be you know they're a single parent or. Or maybe they don't even hunt. There's a lot of kids out sure. there, I'm sure, that doesn't get the op- doesn't even get the opportunity um, to even experience that. So they, so how would you know if they would if they would be into that or not? Right. Uh, you know, and I, I, I guarantee you uh, that that there'd be a lot of kids that never gets to experience the outdoors um, and hunting or fishing that that would just fall in love and probably be no telling what they could do. Right. No it's doubt. just that they had the opportunity to experience it and um, to do something like that. And it's, uh, you know, they, they could be the next, uh, you know, just to say in sports, you know, I mean, you know, whether they do or not, I mean, if they even get exposed to it, they could be the next Michael Jordan, you know, right. or the, um, it's just, um, it, it, I don't know what it is. It's just, a, it's a lot of factors, Asher. And then uh, uh, I just don't see it going, going very good uh, in the next 10 years. I don't even know if there would be a, um, be a calling contest in the next 10 right. years i really don't the outdoor outdoor shows are are going down and um con, calling contests participation in the calling contests are going down and it's just a, it's a sad thing to see yeah. it really really is it really is and you know i'm i'm hopeful you know with the bomb and you know who knows what's going to happen with the traveling but you know with everything else going through the internet and all that i know it's not the same getting up on the big stage but you know if there's some way we can even keep it alive through you know online calling contest or something just to keep people motivated and the people that yeah. are interested in doing it you know i want to i want to be a part of that just because you know it does have such a great history and you hate to just see something just just kind of vanish into uh you know was once a great thing just turned into nothing but a memory so yeah. um you know even if it's competition online competitions and you know it's better than nothing so hunter grounds quickly i want to put you on the hot seat and i want to know who is the best competition caller on the circuit right now well there's uh i mean i'm gonna say i'm not gonna say there because each one of them has their has their days um that blow i'm i mean i'm not gonna hold nothing back i mean you've got the reigning world champion in the last two years since Kyle Jones, he's on top of the, on the game right now as, as good as anybody. Um, you got, um, John Walls. He's been, he's been second, I think the last two years. I don't know. Maybe, 
I know, I know the last two years, maybe three, but anyway, his time's coming. He blows a John Taylor call. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's right there on the bubble. And I mean, I've even told him, I said, your time's coming, buddy. Um, and then like these guys, these guys I'm naming, they could, they could win any day of the week. It's just who is going to bobble and who's going to be, who's not going to bobble basically. Who's going to be on the best one of the, out of the day. Cause I mean, on a good set of jet on a good panel of judges. I mean, it, it could go any way, any way there is. I mean, it's, uh, it's just the way it is. And I mean, you got, uh, uh, you got Trevor Shanahan. I mean, he's, he's, he works, he works at it and, uh, he's going to, he's won two of them. Um, uh, Kyle's taken it away from him. Uh, you know, the third year he thought he was going to win the third, you know, three in a row and Kyle took it away from him and he won Kyle won, you know, two years next year after that. So, uh, those three right there come to mind. That's still going hard. That hasn't, hasn't, um, hasn't won the world three times. Um, I mean, you've got, uh, you got Nathan Crush on, um, you got Forrest. I mean, Forrest, he doesn't uh, compete as much as, uh, as what I'm sure he'd like to because he's so busy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, those those right there, that uh, those are the, you know, the ones that come to my mind, you know, right off the bat. What are Kyle's strengths that's uh, kind of put him over the top last couple oh, yeah. of years? What, what are his yep. strengths, his main strengths, would you say? Um, he, blows, he blows pretty flawless um, as far as just note for note. He didn't get up there and tried to do, uh, uh, you know, something just special. Um, you know, he uh, he's got a couple notes that uh, I really like. Is you know the quiver moan uh, that stands out to me, um, and it's not. Um, he does he does just a certain ways that he does his transitions and stuff that mm-hmm. uh, that stands out. That's uh, you know being different in my opinion on contest calling um, is and doing it and doing it great, you know, I mean, doing it flawlessly, um, and being different is, is something that really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the quiver moan, there's not many people that does the quiver moan. And when you do that, there's nothing that sounds any more realistic than a, a, that quiver moan, like one coming in. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it just gives you chills. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is real as it gets. And it's, um, he's, he's added that into his arsenal. Um, and, uh, it's, um, I like the way he does his transitions. His transitions are uh, are really good as far because you can get to where in a contest routine. When I say transitions, uh, is whenever you're trying to catch your breath, um, and you don't, you get what we call a check goose, cluck, 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 cluck. And all that is, it's either telling me that uh, you're trying to think of what you're doing, you're going to do next, or you're you're catching your breath and that you're not you're not on your game as far as where you need to take your breath. Right, right. Um, so. Um, and that's, to me, that's going to be a, a point off, um, if I'm judging. So, uh, you know, doing a double cluck or, a, um, something that's not just a cluck, 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 check goose, um, because you've only got 90 seconds. You want to make sure and keep the judge's attention right. and keep them on the edge of their seat for all 90 seconds. So, but that's where I think Kyle, he, uh, he stands out and he's got a good full rich tone. Um, you know, his, his hail calls are, are good and lengthy. They're not just to get up, just a hummock. I like their holler. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're actually they get your they grab you, you know. And I mean, it's he, you know, basically saying, "Listen to me." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and he puts he puts feeling into it. And I mean, every note is just like I said earlier, putting that feeling into it and being realistic. I mean, it's uh, he every note he's up there and he's putting he's putting one hundred and ten percent. He ain't putting eighty five percent. He's putting one hundred and ten percent into every note um, that's coming out of the end of that call. Yeah. Kyle's a great competitor and a great guy. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know Kyle. So I've got to ask you, 
you know, I ask you who the best competition caller on the circuit is right now, and obviously that's a pretty tough one because it could be any guy on any given night. So with that said, I've got to ask you, who's the best competition caller of all time? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> uh, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. It's just uh, they've beat my brains out the last couple of years. I mean, they've they've won. I've been I've been right there, and I was fortunate enough in '18, uh, right before right before Dad passed. You know, I was able to win the Rogers uh, one uh, in '18 out there, um, and uh, you know that they was they was all there, and I'm, I was I was able to get them that time, but. Uh, uh, last few years they've been getting me a little bit more than I've been getting them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm not going to say who, you know, of all time. I mean, that's a, you know, that's with anybody's opinion. Sure. Um, you know, I just, uh, I had my time and I, I've, I'll still, I'll still squeeze one in there every once in a while, but, uh, you know, it's just, there's everybody's every, just, everything's gotten so good. And so into uh, more in depth as far as uh, the routines and instructional stuff on, you know, getting better. And, um, there's so much more out there to learn from. And which is great, which is great. I mean, that, that's that's what we, that's what we do it for is to, you know, for everybody to get better and, and learn from. And um, but uh, I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say who yeah. is who is all time. But um, there's a lot of good ones, man. And there's a lot of good ones to come yet uh, in the future. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you can only pick one guy to go hunt highly pressured giant Canada geese. And if you shoot a limit, you get one hundred thousand dollars. Who are you bringing with you? he was still alive my old man all right no doubt about it no doubt about it you said he was you said uh you know he was part goose you're like man he this this guy's half feathers (laughs) there wasn't there wasn't if he said something he i mean he would rather shoot a mallard duck he would rather sit there all day long and shoot a mallard drake as to kill 25 geese Mm -hmm. something about a mallard drake had just just tripped his trigger but i and there was days that i've been it didn't matter what you could do on a duck call, you or I or anybody. He, he would pick that thing. He would pick a duck call up, and he'd just he'd break their necks. And I mean <laughs> the same thing. I mean whether he'd watch the weather, he'd he'd watch the weather, and he would know. He'd say, "Hey, they'll be here. They'll be here in three days." You just mark my word. And whether he'd <laughs> said about that the mig- them migrating, if they about a decoy spread, anything, I didn't argue with him on that shit. I wouldn't I did not either. One time, because I'll <laughs> tell you what, <clears throat> he would the way he did things, man. Uh. It was, it was just, you, you just, he was just a, kind of a, he was just a human that, that you would just, you listen to, mm-hmm. whether you agreed with it or not, you listened to him. I mean, whether you did it or not, or, or did what he said, you know, as far as, you know, trying or changing or whatever, that's up to you. But I guarantee this, I didn't, I didn't ever question him on it. I mean, it's, it's the things that he could make them do. And like that farm that we've got now, um, there, he's made them, boy, we kill all them ducks now. We used to never kill a duck in that in that farm. Now, why he had that dirt work done the way he did to for our impoundments to have that flooded corn is beyond me. I don't know. I mean, it's just the way that that he he had that done. And he'll sleep on it, and I mean, he may change his mind. You know, within a week, he may change his mind three times or something. He'll sleep on it, and well, I, I think we need to do it like this. Well, and you know what? More times than not, and most of the time, it would work. And I mean, we we kill. Well, that field, that field of bars, we've killed, we got 40 acres and we kill, we'll kill, uh, on a bad year, we'll kill 300 on a good year. We kill almost a thousand and, uh, out of one little field. And, uh, we used to never kill no, no ducks out there. It was all goose. Yeah. And there was one pond and one little cattail pond. Well, now half the, half the 40 acres is water. And, uh, it's, uh, he's made that place. And I mean, he's yeah. made them come to us and it's, um, 
it's not a natural bottom. It's not nothing like that. It's just, it's a field that's right on the edge of the refuge. And, um, he, he just, he, I don't know. He just, the things he could do and the way he did it and when is, I think is the most important right. on call, on especially calling him when he did it, when he did the sound, whether it's flagging or calling or anything, that's what, you know, se- separates him, uh, from a lot of people. Right. And there's a lot of people out there that can kill him. Don't get me wrong, but the I've hunted with a lot of people, and I'll I'll, I'll put him against any of them. I tell any, you what, that video that was going around on Facebook years ago, whenever he's got that almost like thing around his neck, and there's like multiple calls in it, and he's shaking those shaker ducks, and he's going yep. back and forth on the calls. I mean, you talk about sounding, uh, all I could think about is when, when we're in the woods and t- sometimes you're sitting there, um, you know, before daylight and you really know you're on the X and you just hear them birds all rafted up around you. And uh, it seems like it's typically like in January and they, they start really, really getting rafted up. And like, literally, that's exactly what it sounds like was that video that he made. And it was just like mind blowing. I mean, you've got one man. And it, it was just so funny because he's taking those shakers and he's got them off to his sides and he's going above his heads and you know and it just sounds like a just a huge raft of mallard ducks and that was just one of the freaking coolest videos I've ever seen. I don't even know how many times that thing was seen or shared around, but if you're listening and you've never seen that, go look it up because if you're a duck yeah. hunter, it, it, it's pretty freaking awesome. I'll tell you uh, what, and I was I was videoing and I'll tell you what, it was pretty comical too. And I, it like, was he funny. Said, oh, he, oh man, he said, now, don't laugh at me now. I said, don't worry. I said, I'm not even going to look at you. I think if I, if I do, I said, I'm going to lose it laughing. Cause, uh, but he, it just kill his arms. And he said, he said, I can't do it for very long. He said, it just kills my arms. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and you know, we just got a, just a wild hair just one day. He's in the shop and just got a wild hair of doing that. And I said, Hey, I said, let's put it, I said, do that. Just put it on Facebook. You know, oh, and I mean, it blowed up. Oh man. You know, but, yeah, I did. It does sound like a, it does sound like a, a field. Full of just, sure. a, just a freaking refuge. Yep. Just like yep. a refuge. What, um, what, what, what are you currently blowing as your hunting call, your goose hunting call? Uh, right now, I mean, I've, I've always got the old half breed on my lanyard. I mean, day in, day out, um, uh, that and a G overhauler. What about your duck call? Right um, a duck call. I've got, um, a D overhauler. And I've got uh, two uh, T1 uh, layers. I got you. Do you, just for fun, do you prefer to blow a duck call or a goose call? For fun, a goose call. Yeah, a goose call. Just just, no just if you're doing it, on, doing it on your own. Yeah, there's just so many more different notes you can do on a goose call that, uh, you know, you can play with. And, and you know, you can put together um, the sequences. Uh that uh, just to me goose calling is just so much you can be so much more creative yeah um and it's just just a little bit more in-depth um than a duck call definitely is there uh anything new coming from tim grounds championship calls or you just got you guys just gonna keep kicking ass like you always have and and uh making a great call um by great guys or is there anything anything new or anything different you guys got going on well we've got um as far as the calls go, I've got, I've got, uh, some, I've got a couple things, uh, that, uh, I've got a new, I've not got the prototype yet, but I've got, I've got, uh, matter of fact, two of them, two of them blew it, uh, in the world, um, 
one of them uh, was Nathan Kershawn, and uh, one of them had one of them, uh, Mike Benjamin. And he's another one that was that's uh, that's on the top of the game right now. Is is Mike? Um, I forgot all about him. Sorry, Mike. And uh, <laughs> but uh, he is he's on top of the game. I mean, as far as that goes. But uh, I've got a prototype uh, on that deal that I'm, I've not got uh, done yet. But a, a new goose call, and I've got a deal that um, this is going to be pretty cool. That I've got. Uh, I'm going to send to. Uh, uh, dead shot polymers um that um, i'm going to do a new half breed it's going to be in between the the half the original half breed and the half breed hybrid uh that we offer um it's going to be in between that um and i'm going to take a picture of uh of dad's last hunt in canada uh, the first of september when he died september 30th and uh he was up there in canada uh hunting with a bunch of guys and it was his last hunt but uh you know, it's a picture uh, him and layout blind a good close-up picture blowed up that uh, i'm gonna have put on the call they can put dead shot can uh, put a picture colored up just exactly like it is and i'm gonna have uh, i'm gonna have a couple uh, i don't know if i'm gonna do 100 or 200 of them are gonna be numbered um and it's gonna be kind of like um, you know the half breeds what kind of really got him going really got him started um back when ever you know he was younger mm-hmm. when he first started the company and uh, that was his last hunt. So uh, that's going to be a pretty special deal. That's yeah, going to be more work cool, on doing man. for next year. And uh, a new goose call. And then we've got. Uh, I'm doing some some vintage shirts that uh, that's in the works right now. That um, is going to be pretty good. It's his first shirt that he came out with uh, back in the '80s. Um, it's going to be done exactly like uh, <laughs> like it was done. Like he had that's it awesome. done, and I'm not changing nothing and uh, nothing. It's just going to be just like at the same color. Uh, it's just going to have a hood on the shirt. The other ones didn't have a hood and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be just identical. So, uh, and it was his favorite shirt of all time that he, that he came out with, uh, even the ones we've gotten out of date, but, uh, that's, that's about what we got, um, you know, coming. It's not going to be, uh, the two calls aren't going to be offered this year, you know, this season, but, mm-hmm. uh, after season's over, we're going to get, uh, get going on those. And, uh, I've got a few other ideas that we're going to do. You just got to do, you know, take one step at a time. Definitely. Now I know anybody that, that uh has been following you they know that uh you're a big bass fisherman and i've got a feeling i already know the answer to this one but if you'd only pick up a bass rod or a goose call for the rest of your life which one would it be probably a bass rod <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah but you know I've, I've always wanted to try to you know try to go do that and uh you know it just takes a special special person to, to be able to to make a living at you know uh bass fishing definitely uh daddy always told me he said hey he said you gotta have some lady luck on your side on that son he said mm-hmm. he said this here he said this this here is gonna be uh keep you going he said you know keep the bills paid he said that there he said you got you know you can have a little bit of bad luck i don't care he said you can be good he said but if you ain't got a little bit of luck and you know and you got that bad luck on your side and he said you lose that five pounder or, you know five That's pounder right. five pounder he said it cost you five five uh, a lot of five dollar bills i guarantee so, you <laughs> <laughs> so but no i i do enjoy it and i'm sure that you know it would it would turn in if, it, if i was doing it for a living it'd turn in from a passion you know to a passion and a uh, a love and a uh, just a hobby to it'd be a it end you know it'd turn into a job that's with anything um because i'm sure you know it, it gets uh them guys are you know four-day tournament them guys are in shape buddy and i mean they they go 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 whether it's you know they may fish a tournament four-day tournament turn around and have to be have to drive 10 or 12 hours and uh, for the next to start pre-practice for the the next deal i mean they're it takes a special person and uh you know a special human to to be able to do that shit and i'm i'm 
hey, props to them. I mean, there's right. a there's a lot of them that's tried it, and there's a lot of them that's uh, very few of them that's uh, succeeded at it. Right. Well, the cool things you got a guy that's so awesome, like Alti in the house there. That's uh, you know, if you hit the road or something, you know that that he's going to have everything taken care, you know, of you and holding down the fort. And uh, man, what a great guy he is. We had, you know, me and Cody. Um, we had an absolute blast, you know, getting to spend a little bit of time with you guys there at the shop, you know, a month or month or so ago, what it was, um, you know, and just seeing, um, you know, just all the, uh, you know, just kind of what a legacy you guys have carried on and, and just the amount of plaques and trophies and, um, just everything else. I mean, we're talking and, you know, they literally could have, I mean, that whole shop, they could have covered the whole floor and, and probably some, I mean, it was just something truly impressive. So that was, that was pretty cool. I was glad I, uh, I was around for that one to, you know, come by and not only meet you guys in person, you know, I talked to you a few times, but, uh, you know, to get you, shake your hand and meet you guys and, uh, see the operation and just hang out for a little bit. That was a lot of fun. So Hunter, man, I, um, I thank you a ton for your time, man, and your uh, your friendship to Dive Bomb Industries. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you again soon, brother. Hopefully to uh, maybe spend a morning in the blind together. Hey, I'd, uh, I'd love for that. And uh, I do appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate you a ton and uh, appreciate you doing this and uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, Hunter, I appreciate it, man. You have a good night and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bub? Sounds good, Asher. Take care, buddy. All right. Thanks, Hunter. Bye-bye. What a competition calling career. The number of awards, plaques, and trophies they have at that shop there in Johnson City, Illinois, I'm, I'm not kidding you. It is absolutely astounding. If you if you live in that general area and can make the drive over, you need to go see it. There's just so much history there. It's really, really cool. I preach it at the end of every episode, but guys, please support our social media channels, especially the YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, throw us a thumbs up or a comment on a video or two, huh? Heck, I may just send some decoys to a random person that makes a comment on one of our YouTube videos and mentions this podcast. I don't know. We'll see. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave us a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Until next time. Y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.